Welcome to Madison Avenue Presbyterian Church. We hope this message encourages you and inspires you to serve God and your neighbor. If you want to learn more about our ministry, head over to mapc.com. If you're looking for a community where you can deepen your faith, we invite you to join us every Sunday at 1030 online or in person. The Gospel lesson is written in the Gospel according to St. Matthew, chapter 23, beginning with verse 1. Let us listen for the Word of God. Then Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples, The scribes and the Pharisees sit on Moses' seat. Therefore do whatever they teach you and follow it. But do not do as they do, for they do not practice what they teach. They tie up heavy burdens hard to bear and lay them on the shoulders of others. But they themselves are unwilling to lift a finger to move them. They do all of their deeds to be seen by others, for they make their phylacteries broad and their fringes long. They love to have the place of honor at banquets and the best seats in the synagogues, and to be greeted with respect in the marketplaces and to have people call them rabbi. But you are not to be called rabbi, for you have one teacher, and you are all students. And call no one your father on earth, for you have one father, the one in heaven. Nor are you to be called instructors, for you have one instructor, the Messiah. The greatest among you will be your servant, and all who exalt themselves will be humbled, and all who humble themselves will be exalted. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Dear God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our strength and redeemer. Amen. What does religion, or more pertinently, faith, mean for you? What difference does being a Christian make in your life? Does faith drag you down? Does knowing the perfection of God and how imperfect we each may be make you feel alienated, outcast, and downcast? Or does knowing the love of God shown to us in Jesus Christ make you feel loved and accepted even in spite of sin and shortcoming. Psalm 21, which we've already heard so beautifully sung, thank you. I lift my eyes up to the mountains. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Sees faith as the springboard upon which we can live our lives and be brought into the presence of God. And to see faith not as something that is a hindrance, a weight, or a burden, but faith as something that lifts us up so that we know our Maker and our help as we navigate this world. Whereas the scribes and Pharisees placed weights, burdens, and obstacles on people who knew their great need, Jesus emphasized a more straightforward and courageous faith one that wasn't based upon what we can do, 
but upon what God has already done for us, thereby freeing us to live our lives as a response to what God has done for us in Jesus Christ. Right after the greatest commandment, to love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind, and the second which tells us to love our neighbor as ourself, Matthew describes Jesus as turning from his interactions with the Pharisees, the scribes, the Herodians, whoever it might be, the Sadducees, and he turns from his conversation with the religious leaders and he begins to speak directly to the crowds who are witnessing these interactions. And Jesus tells the crowds to be careful to do all that the Pharisees tell you, but don't do as they do, only do as they teach because they don't practice what they preach. Jesus tells us that we're to listen to the Pharisees because they sit in Moses' seat. This is to recognize the importance of the law. As Jesus says earlier in the Gospel of Matthew 5:17, I have not come to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. And so the issue is not the content of what the Pharisees are teaching, but more so their motivations behind it, and then how they live out the faith as an example for those that they're laying the law upon. Emphasizing the importance of the law, not its disregard, some believe that Moses' seat was an actual seat in the early synagogue. It was a seat behind which the Pharisees would sit, and when they were seated in that seat, they were only allowed to read Scripture. And it was only when they stood up from that seat that they could then interpret Scripture for the congregation. I don't know if that's correct or not. I do not know how to validate that, and I've read others who have sought to validate it, and others who have just said they do not know what to make of this, but I bring it up today because I believe it is helpful in helping us recognize the importance of the law and that Jesus didn't come to disregard it, but to fulfill it. And he's telling the people to listen to the Pharisees when they are in Moses' seat, because that is the unadulterated, unslanted word of God. It's only when the Pharisees stand up from that seat and began to expound upon it, laying the great weight that they do upon the congregation, that they are to be a bit skeptical. The law is delivered in the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible, is important. Nothing is wrong with the content that the Pharisees teach. It's their application of it that is distorted. And Jesus describes it, saying the Pharisees tie up heavy, cumbersome loads, and they put them on other people's shoulders. And this is how many understand religion today. They view it to be restrictive and cumbersome, a weight, a drag on the lives that they wish to lead. Unlike the Pharisees who put these burdens on other people's shoulder, yet who are unwilling to do anything, who are unwilling to lift even a finger to free them of this weight. In Jesus Christ, we have one who does so much more than merely lift a finger. One of the distinctive traits of God is that he came into our world. God didn't sit idly by. He wasn't separate from us and the world, but he came down into our world to live, work, and minister upon us. 
So many faiths ask the people to ascend the figurative mountain of God. But yet in Christianity, we have a faith in the God who came down to us. And so we're never to do wrong when we try to live better lives and to do something of what the Pharisees taught. But we do so not feeling abandoned to struggle up that great mountain on our own. We do so with the help of the one who comes down from that mountain and gets up behind us and pushes us along the journey. The Pharisees do everything for public show. They value the place of honor at banquets and the most important seats in the synagogue. Contrasted to them, we have Jesus who was born in a manger, rode into Jerusalem on a donkey, washed his disciples' feet, and was crucified on a cross outside the royal city. God did more than lift a finger. He gave from himself. And because of this, God is the foundation upon which we build. There's a line that I love from the Bible that when Jesus was entering Jerusalem on the donkey, on what we celebrate as Palm Sundays, he said that if the people were quiet, even the stones would shout. Back when I served St. Giles Cathedral in Edinburgh, Scotland, we had a noon prayer service Monday through Saturday, and then four worship services on Sunday. With over one million visitors a year, we frequently had a fair size attendance at these noon weekday prayer services, and I most frequently was the minister who led them. One day after I was done with this prayer service, and I had gone back to my office and unrobed and put on my coat and was about to head out for lunch, I walked uh, through the sanctuary, and I could not help but see a man sitting there who caught my eye. Initially walking right past him 10 or 12 steps, I stopped, and I turned around, and I went back to him. He was covered in debris and dust, and, and he caught my attention. I asked him if he would like to speak to a pastor, and not wearing a robe, I introduced myself as one of the ministers in the cathedral. This man said that he was fine, and he explained that he was a stonemason. And he told me that he was sitting there in this large cathedral, admiring the stones, some of which dated to 800 AD, others to 1100 AD, and then again all of them to the 1500s, when the cathedral reached its current size. And he explained to me as he was sitting there admiring the work of the stonemasons who had gone before him, that there were people in the 800s and the 1100s and the 1500s who had to carve these stones out of unwieldy, unshaped pieces of stone from the quarry. At this time, I had worshipped and I had worked in that building for years, and I loved those stones. I frequently admired them as well. But I never thought about this. The previous generations didn't just inherit rectangular stones from the quarry, but that people had to carve them into the rectangles that fit piece by piece into the edifice in which we worshipped. Gillespie McMillan, minister of the cathedral for 40 years, the one who hired me, often remarked and reminded the congregation that we worshipped in a building that we did not build, and we inherit a faith that we did not discover, nor do we make up for ourselves. 
And I believe the same could be said for us today and Christians throughout the world. The generations before us have given us a great gift. And Kristen's word and action was so appropriate for today. She spoke about the gift that her father and grandfather and generations before have given to her and the gift that they hope to give their daughters. The generations before us have given us a great gift, and we celebrate them today on All Saints, or Memorial Sunday, as we label it here at Madison Avenue. And as we sit here in this church, I want us to think, if the people were quiet, what would the stones, or the wood, or the plaster, or the windows of Madison Avenue say? If the people were quiet, Jesus said, even the stones would shout. What do you think our building would say if you were quiet? This church has seen weddings and baptisms, installations, memorial services, prayers of hope and praise, prayers of longing and desperation and tears, societal and cultural protests and parades, the changing currents of time, and yet here we stand because of the generations before, the, before us and moreover because of the faith that has been founded in Jesus Christ, timeless yet so relevant for our time. A verse appropriate for Marathon Sunday and more importantly Memorial Sunday. Hebrews 12 tells us, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. I must admit, when I come through these doors to worship, I'm mindful of David Reed, whose place in our columbarium is right there, or John Weaver and his wife, some of your fathers or mothers, generations who have gone before us whose work has helped make us and shape us into who we are, and not just those saints here of Madison Avenue, but those saints who may be that, but who are also important to you and whose role in your life has left you with the faith that you have today. And just as their example has shaped you, may your example shape another. And may that be our goal for our living. On this Memorial Sunday, we remember everyone who has died in faith. We give thanks for knowing them and for being shaped by them. And in this stewardship season, which is an outpouring of our faith, and I don't believe it's distasteful to bring about because stewardship is our response to God's faithfulness to us. We take our place in a great chain of faith that joins the generations before us in responding to the grace and love of God already shown to us in Jesus Christ. And so I want to ask, as I began this sermon, with a series of questions. What does being here in the sanctuary 
of Madison Avenue Presbyterian Church this morning or watching us online do for your weekend, your week, or your life. Do faith and worship and all the practices of faith, prayer, scripture, a conversation with one of our pastors, an outlook informed by faith, fellowship and friendship, which we are so good at here in this church. Do these make your life better? I hope the answer is an enthusiastic yes. And if so, I ask that you support our important ministry in this city. We are in the crossroads of the world, 73rd and Madison, such an amazing, privileged place to do ministry, not just for our community, but our city and the wider world. We're already doing so much, and that which makes us who we are today is who we will always be, a community shaped by this central act of worship, preaching the word that is so relevant to our lives, beautiful church music, intellectually stimulating and spiritually uplifting programs for people of all ages. We build upon the foundation of Jesus Christ. There was him, and then there were the twelve, and then the seventy-two, and then the early church that struggled to bring the word to the furthest ends of the earth, and there are us today. On this Memorial Sunday, we take our place in the great chain of faith. In spite of all our difference, in spite of all the diversity of who we are and what we encounter and what we face this day, we turn to the one and same Jesus Christ and the Spirit of God which ministers to each according to their need. We worship with those among us, and we are joined, as Hebrews tells us, by a great cloud of witnesses. If only these walls could shout. They describe the word of past generations. And I hope that decades from now, a pastor will be able to stand here from this pulpit and proclaim the same all because of the loving grace of God revealed to us in Jesus Christ. It's not a weight. It's the wind beneath your wings. It's the support and help in times of trouble. Thanks be to God. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.